Welcome to the return of the Down the Drive podcast. I am Mike Schneider. Happy New Year to all. Our first podcast of 2020. 2019 treated Bearcats pretty well. Four teams made conference championship games with with basketball and baseball both winning. Football and volleyball came up short. And, of course, one of the biggest stories of the year was the change in leadership for the men's basketball program. That's going to be the focal point of this episode is our struggling basketball team. Uh, but first, Scotty, my par- my buddy, my partner, Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holiday season. Welcome. Well, Happy New Year to you. It was, uh, you know, we talked about it before we kind of turned turned on the uh, mics that it was a much needed break. I did sort of turn off sports a little bit in my brain. I know you did the same. It's kind of nice to turn it off and only pay attention to the big stuff because it's, you can get in the weeds if you really pay attention to a lot of it. But it was a good break, but very, very happy to be back. Yeah, and certainly a lot to talk about. We are, we're the Birmingham Bowl champions. I mean, that's awesome, right? Like, I mean, how much does that mean to you to know that no team in the city of Birmingham or the state of Alabama is better than <laughs> us? Like, isn't that what that means? Like, we're, we're the Alabama you know, football champions? All I want to do is just get to see that trophy case and see that trophy and see the backside of it, baby. Oh, I want want to hold that trophy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, we're the Birmingham Bowl champions. Our basketball team is not great. But uh, before we jump into that, I know you had this great idea uh, for the new year to kind of jump into our New Year's resolutions as Bearcats fans. So it was your idea. I'll let you kick us off. Yeah, so uh, I've got two Big ones and one sort of small one. So the the big one, the biggest of big, is I'm going to finally make an intro for us. I've been talking about <laughs> this from the very beginning. I actually started to tonight, and then my wife said, you know, dinner's ready. So I had to go and sit at the table. But uh, I'm going to make an intro. I'm going to try to do it by the end of uh, – by the start of the next podcast. So hopefully next time you guys are listening to this, we've got a podcast – uh, or we got the intro done. Um, so that's the big one. And the other one is I'm going to try and pay attention more to other Bearcat athletic sports. I, 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 obviously we, we, we had a good <laughs> volleyball and, you know, our basketball team does pretty good, but I will be a hundred percent honest. Like the volleyball, I wanted to watch it. I didn't. And in the basketball games, I want to watch them. I was able to watch like the unbelievable finish against, I don't even know who it was, Valpo or something where we stole the ball and, and won it. I don't even remember who the game was, but I, I watched those highlights on Sports Center. So my commitment is, I know we got baseball coming up. We got the women's basketball. We got women's lacrosse. We got cross country. We got a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to try and pay attention more. I may not go to the games, but I'm going to try to watch them on the Bearcats TV and at least at least know where we are in standings. I, I think you could do a pop quiz. That's that's your thing. Is at some point randomly say, "Hey, where's the baseball team in standings?" And I'm going to tell you. That's that's my goal is to be aware of that. What about baseball, you? I think baseball season actually starts in the beginning of February. They usually start with like a ridiculously wrong long road trip down in Florida for a couple of weeks. There you oh, go. I like that. Pay attention to the little people. Pay attention uh-huh. to those Olympic sports. Mine is more of a personal thing. Stop taking everything so seriously and starting <laughs> to appreciate some of like the wins. I mean, I, I think this year has humbled everybody with basketball. You know, the last couple of years, it's like we won. All right, cool. Nod and turn the TV off and let's all move on. Like let's go to the next game. 
I think it's time to start appreciating the wins. I think we learned that in football uh, a few years ago. How I mean, we've learned firsthand how much football season can suck when UC isn't good, and now we're learning you know, how much basketball season can suck when we're not good. So, And like you said, I mean, for many fans, they learned for the first time this year that we have a volleyball and a baseball team in 2019. Yeah. So, you know, appreciate it. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just don't let these losses destroy me. Like last March, uh, we lost to Iowa. And I mean, that ruined everything. I, I couldn't enjoy the rest of the tournament. I, I couldn't, I was miserable all weekend and I thought we would lose. And I didn't think that team was good, but I was like, it, it, it just ate me up inside. And I mean, I, I just, I take all of this, you know, I, I am, a yeah. I, I just well, take it all to heart. I just, I need to take a step back sometimes and like, yes. maybe not sit on the floor, curl up and cry. Although that was Nevada, so that was different. But you know, <laughs> that one's different. <laughs> that's a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, just appreciating the good times because I simply don't think that Bearcat fans do that enough. I think if you look at social media during this football season, there was a lot of complaining and a lot of negativity for a team that ultimately went eleven and three. It was a weird year where it felt like, oh my gosh, this was a. It almost felt like a disappointment. And it shouldn't have been. I mean, we went 11 and three. We did, we, we had a, uh, fantastic games. I mean, we beat UCLA. We, we swept them in the last two to two years in both sports. Um, the Ohio State game, definitely a letdown. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but we have one of the coolest moments in the last five to 10 years of beating UCF. I mean, it was a great year. So, you know, I, I, I can understand. I do sort of have that. Cloud going, ah, was it as great as it could have been? No, but it's still okay. We'll talk about the Birmingham Bowl. I will tell you this as far as not taking things serious. Um, and I don't know where your allegiance, we've never really talked about the, the wide scope of sports. Uh, but to give you a perspective of my life, um, I have never had a single team of mine. I'm talking college. I'm talking pro anything other than Tiger Woods because I'm a diehard Tiger Woods guy. I've never had a single t- team of mine win a championship. So I don't know what that feeling's like. So there you go, folks. If you have, like, if you're like a random, like, oh, I'm a, a Patriots fan. Well, they're, they're great. Or I'm a Packers fan or I'm a, I'm a Red Sox or whatever. I keep going to Boston, but you, you know what? You're a Yankees fan. Okay. Great. Well, you get those championships. I don't, I've never had that. So just appreciate that. And it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. That's all I'm going to say. So yeah, don't take no, it so I mean- serious. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan. I grew up in New York rooting for the wrong team. So, oh, <laughs> so I've okay. experienced nothing but, <laughs> nothing but misery. But that's why you take these, you appreciate all the wins. And that's why when yes. you win a championship, you really appreciate it. Like the Birmingham championship. Like we are the champions of Birmingham. I think only 12 teams can say that. Like that's a huge accomplishment. But no, I mean, seriously, look, like nobody <laughs> wanted to play in this game. We all know that nobody wanted to play Boston College and we can complain about it all day, but at the end of the day, this team did exactly what they needed to. They blew the doors off of an inferior opponent, off of a Power 5 co- um, conference opponent. And honestly, this is something that they really – I mean, this is why we complain. This is something they haven't done all year. I mean, they just – they crushed them. So yeah. I'm pleased with how the season ended. Uh, and what I'm also pleased about with this game is that this did catch, like, national headlines. There's a lot of, like, Dan Wilkins, the Pat Fords, you know, people like that tweeting, like, wait, what – What's, what's going on here? Cincinnati's playing who and what game? Like, why? 
So I'm glad that it, it took until January 2nd to gain awareness, but I'm glad that people caught on to like, what are we doing here with a 10 win, uh, conference champion runner up playing like a shitty team in a shitty bowl? So uh, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if the media has any influence. I don't think it's going to change anything, but at, at least there's some awareness to this fact now. Yeah, I mean, all you can do when it comes to situations like this is just say, hey, listen, you know what? Um, let's almost take this as there's, there's two different ways to go about it. You can show up and be sad and almost have like a close game or could be even lay an egg because since I doesn't want to be there, then you'll lose. And you're like, or you could show up. You could be happy you're in a bowl game. You could be happy, um, that you've had such a successful season. You almost take this as a celebration, almost like a, hey, hurrah, let's celebrate the team. And that's what they did. I mean, they came out. Um, game wasn't ever even close. Desmond Ritter looked like he was excited to be out there. I loved after some of the runs, him step, you know, standing up and, and almost, you know, kind of flexing and getting into it. It seems like, um, the entire team was happy to, be playing one last time and they recognize, hey, this team will never be the same again because next year you, you got the seniors that are leaving, the defense, we're losing a ton, although I know we have an amazing recruiting classes coming up, but it's still, it's still exciting to, to, to see that. And also, let's just call it what it is. It's very exciting that we're not sitting around going, who is our football coach going to be next year? Who, what's <laughs> going to be happening with that? Like it is almost refreshing to say, you know what? Um, this season is what it is. Let's go next year. And it's like almost a boost. It's like, you know, if you're an NFL team, you miss the playoffs, but you have a really good win at the very last, you know, week 17. That's what this felt like to me. You had a nice win. You're propelling yourself into next year and, and we see where we go, but it's nice. It's always, always good to win a bowl game. Uh, the very next game, but remember folks, I'm from Indiana. My dad's a big Hoosier fan. They haven't won a bowl game since like 1993. They were 1991. 1991. There you go. And they were up what 13, 14 points with like five minutes Something to go. Like and then Tennessee wins. And so that they still have not won a bowl game since 1991. So just be excited about this win. Um, I thought the team looked great. You know, if we want to talk a little bit about the game, you know, I thought, you know, it just was a, it was an all around good effort. I, you could tell that it's from the defensive side. Those seniors were like, this is our last game. Let, let's go out. Um, I, I was, I was really excited just to see, um, just everybody have a, have a, have a kind of a, a good time. Now, who was, um, let's see, we had, Ritter with he only had ninety five passing yards, but one hundred and five rushing yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, That's, he was that was, great. he was great. I mean, where was you know we know what his efficiencies are at this point or deficiencies are at this point from a passing standpoint, and obviously mm-hmm. they were playing in a monsoon, so yeah, I don't think anybody had high expectations for him throwing the ball. He did a great job running the ball and managing this offense. I mean. Credit to him. And I think that's going to give a little bit of confidence going into next season because obviously everyone is pretty down on him. So kudos to him. Kudos to Mike Warren, who continues to be amazing. You don't think that was Michael Warren's last game, do you? No, no, no. Um, if you look at the running back kind of core that's coming out and, and going there, he's, he's good, but he needs one more year. Um, and that's completely understandable. Um, you know, if, if he really wants it, which I had, he has the athletic ability to do. If he wants to be 
a starter, like, then he needs to hold on. I mean, look at uh, Green, look at Boone. Um, I'm thinking of other running backs who went on. They're, 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 they're backups, you know, and I think Mike Warren has the chance to be a starter, um, but I would hold off a little bit before, and I think he needs another year. So, no, I do not think that's his last so, year. Last to game. me, there's one lasting image from this game that is going to stick with me for a while, and I really, this is going to be dramatic, but I really hope that, the school uses this as a selling point for recruits and for players in the future. Brian Young, Brian, eh, Brian Wright and Perry mm-hmm. Young both had four tackles leading the team in their final game. There was a picture that Justin Williams posted on Twitter after the game. It was Wright and Young, each holding one of Marcus Freeman's young kids, opposing on the field together and with Freeman. To me, that's a lasting picture because Wright and Young came here to play for Tommy Tuberville. They were part of two four and eight teams, and I'm sure they had plenty of opportunities to go to a better school, to play for a better team at the time, and really make a difference. They both decided to stay, whatever it was, whether it was Fickle, whether it was Freeman, whoever convinced them, or for whatever reasons they stayed, they toughed it out, and they were part of teams that went 22 and five over the last two years. To me, that's strong. It shows that even though they weren't Marcus Freeman's guys, he inherited them. He made them his guys. He made them his family, and they embraced the school. And I don't. To me, that's like a selling point for recruits. Like you're good, you're not just coming to play football at Cincinnati. Like you're coming to a family, and you can see like when you watch these post game videos in the locker room, the pictures on the field uh, after the Birmingham Bowl. I mean, these guys all genuinely care about each other, and it's it, to me, it's the coolest thing because they want. And you said it before; they looked like they were having fun. I mean. These guys, it really is like a family, this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I think this shows that, um, that this team wanted is celebrating knowing they're not going to ever play again together as a squad. And instead of coming out and laying an egg, like you see a lot of these teams who miss the playoffs or, or, um, you know, who get put in a, in a, in a crappy bowl, um, do quite often that, that was not the case here. And, um, they absolutely destroyed them. They should have never been in that game. We know it. And uh, they didn't let it affect them, and they did. They took care of business. You got to go in there, and we always said it from the very get go. Kind of our theme this year was, uh, you know, only the letter that matters is a W. They did that and more, which was great. And next year is going to be interesting because I think coming into the season, I know some people had Cincinnati pegged as either the team or like a sleeper team that could be the New Year's Six representative. I, there were obviously a lot of questions. Eleven and two last year was great. But it was somewhat fluky. We didn't really play any very good teams. And obviously the two best teams we played were Temple and UCF and Lawson and both. So coming into the season, I think there are still some questions. But now you're 22 and five the last two years. A lot, most of this team is returning. Other than those two linebackers who lose to Guara, you're really returning your key players at every position. So this is the team that, I mean, this team is going to come into next season with like, 13 and 0 expectations, conference championship, New Year's six. Like that's the bar now because now we've, we've reached the AAC championship game. Now you gotta take the next step. Now you gotta win that game and you gotta play in whatever the, you know, whatever the New Year's six bowl is for the group of five champion. You gotta make that game next year. Absolutely. We came into this year not ranked, uh, only a four point home favorite against. Well, we won't be ranked next year either. No, I know that, but I'm just talking (laughs) about like, 
We should be. There should be no reason we shouldn't be. Of course be. we should, but um, and that's what I'm I've saying. been joking on Twitter about this for weeks. It's going to be Nebraska, Texas, and Texas A&M will all be right, and we won't. Yeah, for the for the hype <laughs> and the, on that. And then we'll beat Nebraska this next year, and it'll be fantastic. And it's funny. I actually heard somebody call in um, recently, and they were talking about the end of the season. They were talking with Nebraska, and they were like, yeah, no, I think we're going to have a good chance to start 6-0. and And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you not do you, uh, nobody knows about, and I think that's the best thing is from a Bearcat side fan is we are such a hidden gem. You know, I got, I get my, I got a bunch of buddies who live in Indianapolis who are huge gambling guys. They call me all the time. Like, what do you think? The Boston college game, they're like, do you think they can cover the spread? I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you not know anything about us? They're like, no, we are such a good <laughs> little hinted gem that, no. and I'm like, it's the best way to, of course you're, it's an absolute sure no brainer. Um, now I did tell them that SMU was going to cover against, um, FAU and I was, I was way off on that one, but, uh, regardless, uh, you know, I, th- I love that. I, I don't want to be ranked. I don't want people to talk about us. I want us to come on stage and have a huge game and be like, Oh my God, the Hurst Cincinnati, they're always competitive. It, it, it's, it is what it is. And I'm excited for next year and let's get after it. Let's see what happens. I'm very, very curious to see. Let me ask you this. Is there a QB controversy right now? I don't think there's a controversy. I think going into next season, uh, there should definitely be a competition. A competition, I should have said. My bad word. Yeah, I mean, mean, you know, there should be. I I mean, honestly, I think there should be a competition in every position. Sure. I think there should be competition at running back, too. There really should be. I mean, competition is relative. Warren's going to be the running back, but... Yeah, I think there needs to be a legitimate open competition that if Ben Bryant outplays Desmond Ritter, then so be it. I actually think that there's always going to be a role for Desmond Ritter on this team because of his running abilities. Even if yeah. you think Ben Bryant's a better passer, I, I'm, I, I'm going to contradict myself because I hate two quarterback systems, but I think there's a way to get Ritter onto the field at times. Um, but yeah, I, I think there will be, a, there definitely should be an open competition. I hope Desmond Ritter is fully healthy. I hope he learns how to throw the ball again and I hope he's the starting quarterback, but what about a young man named Evan Prater? I don't think so. I mean, everything I've seen about him is he needs, like, he needs the year. It sounds like he's just a little small and it sounds like he has some work to do. I would be very, very surprised if he saw the field next year, but hopefully by the time we all go to. Notre Dame in 2021. He sees the field. <laughs> Dude, we uh, we got it. We'll we'll talk later. We you and I got a plan. That is, we're going to that game. Like I was so yeah. We I have go. a connection to tickets. We'll talk. Okay, okay. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. All <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I mean, there's really there's not much uh, to this game. Honestly, I think you know you mentioned the, the Nebraska game. I'm really looking forward to that because one, Nebraska is not Michigan or Ohio State, and those are the two big out-of-conference games we played in two of the last three years, we can definitely beat Nebraska. And, it's yeah, I mean, they they probably won't be ranked. I hope they're not ranked, but they always get this unnecessary respect. So it's still going to be a huge game for us. If you go into – I mean, it's still a pretty special, historic place to play. So if you go into Nebraska and you beat them, I mean – the sky's the limit for this team at that point. And then the two other points on next year, I think we all forget. I literally forgot. James Wiggins is going to come back next year. That's right. I'm super right. pumped about that. I mean, Derek Forrest led the team in tackles. Javon Hicks was great. But James Wiggins is an All-American. So that's going to be awesome to get him back in. 
How about James Hudson in that ball game? I swear, if we had him, we would have beaten Memphis once or twice. He was just mauling over Boston College defenders. I, I wish he had played 13 games this year. It's such a shame that we lost him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's tough, but I'm really excited to see what Wiggins can do next year and having a full, obviously, that whole controversy with him really sucked, um, not being able to play, but, uh, it is what it is and he's here and he's ready to go and, and that's the end of it. So yeah, I, I'm excited for 2020. I'm looking at the schedule now. There isn't a game on here that I, that doesn't, I mean, at UCF maybe scares me a little bit. I don't know how good Memphis is going to be. They just lost their coach. Um, which yeah, by the I- way, we'll talk about the, the whole, the, and him not coaching in the Cotton Bowl. It's, uh, he wasn't, do you know, just off the top of your head, was that a um, thing where they said, no, we're going to have our interim coach, or he just said he couldn't do it? Not 100% sure. I think it was a combination of both that he wanted to get to work at Florida State, but also Got it. I, I think once Memphis knew that they were going with, I'm blanking on his name, Silverfield, mm-hmm. so whatever the, you know, I think once they decided they're going with him, like, let's roll. Let's just make this guy the coach and let him coach the game. They played great. I, I mean, to hell with Steve, with Stuart Mandel and everybody else that's bashing the AAC for their bowl performance at the time. When they put up 39 points against yeah. Penn State, <laughs> oh, only one other team, only one other team put up 39, put up 30 points and they played Ohio State. And yeah. that wasn't one of those teams. Ohio State only scored 28 at home against Penn State. So they have an outstanding defense, Penn State, and they weren't exactly missing anybody and they weren't exactly unmotivated in that game. So, I don't know. I'm proud of Memphis. I thought they had a great season. Uh, AAC as a whole goes four and three, two wins over power five conference teams, including Navy beating Kansas State. I mean, I thought it was a pretty successful season. You're going to finish with five teams with 10 wins, three teams in top 25. So I don't know. I think it's a power six conference and the hell with anyone that wants to bash this conference. Yep. I would say it's only getting better too. It's only getting better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So it's getting better in basketball, or it's getting better in football, and there's a lot to look forward to. We'll, we'll break this down further. And we'll, we'll, you know, we have a lot of time to get into next year, and we'll dissect this season. But let's dissect basketball, and <laughs> this is a much, a much different tone needed for this conversation. I think, um, you know, coming into the season, you and I were both extremely high on this basketball team. I know a lot of people were. We thought Jaron Cumberland would be a national All-American. We thought John Brandon would be the second coming of you – know, we thought he'd be the greatest coach ever. Yeah. So John Wooden. I can't believe I blanked on that name. We thought he'd be the second coming of John Wooden. And it still might be. You know, we we talked about doing this podcast last week after the UConn game. I think if we did, this would have had a much different tone. I think yep. I would have come into the podcast thinking, yeah, this team has what it takes, and they're going to make a run, and they're going to come together. And they're going to do enough in conference play to make the tournament. After the two end game, it's hard to fathom that, right? Um, 
it really well, hurts our tournament champions. Um, I, 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 God, I believe in this team. I do. I, I, maybe I'm just completely drinking the Kool-Aid, but well, I know we're going to dive into it, but where I stand now is that, and I should have said it. I, I thought of it after the Colgate game. I stopped thinking of it at the Tennessee game, started thinking of it at Iowa, stopped at con. And it is, this team is who we think they are. Um, as the old Rome, uh, who was that, um, from the Cardinals head coach back in the day when they played the Bills. They were who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Oh, Dennis Green. Dennis Green, that's it. This team is exactly who we think they are. They will absolutely show signs of brilliance. You don't know when it's going to come. And they will absolutely show signs of complete dullness. And you don't know when that's going to come. You know, it, and it can come sometimes, um, in the, you know, first half, it could come in the second half. It could come as we've seen in the last 70 seconds of a game. And, you know, you, you never know. Um, and unfortunately, because of that, I think at this point we're going to still, I, I will lose a, another game or two that we shouldn't lose. We'll probably win another game that we should win, but it's going to, it's, it's not looking good as far as an outright bid at this point. Um, and it's sad me to say, but we got a lot of basketball still to play, but they have got to turn it on at this point. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you said it. This team has the potential, and they've done it. I mean, the way mm-hmm. that they played against Tennessee and Connecticut is so inspiring and confidence-boosting. Yep. And then the way that they play against Iowa and Tulane, I, I want to rip my eyes out. I mean, yeah. this, team has, this team is capable. That's the problem. It's like there is talent on this team. And this team is more than capable of winning games. So why don't they? Like, why aren't they more consistent? And it, it, it's been driving me. I think I have the answer to it, but it drives me insane. Well, what do you think the answer is? All right, well, okay. So I, I'll tell you what I think the answer is. But first, my expectations are a little bit different than yours. You're saying that you're still clinging to hope. You think they can do it. This kind of goes back to my opening thing of like not taking things so seriously. I think this team is done. And I don't want this to be misinterpreted as like, you know, negativity. You know, I, I want to fire Brandon. I want John Brandon to be the coach for the next 50 years. I think he's going to be extremely successful. I think this program is going to make a final four in the next five to 10 years. I have such high expectations for him and I'm super excited for next year's 2020 recruiting class plus guys like vote and Keith and Mika and Harvey. That said, this isn't a good team. And I, I've come, I've come to peace with that. You know, I'm not happy. I'm angry, but I understand it. And rather than spend the next two-ish months trying to get my hopes up and trying to come up with all these like false expectations and false hopes, I'm sort of recalibrating and just under the assumption that I don't think this team is going to make the tournament. And if they do, that's awesome. And I really, really hope I sound stupid and then I'm wrong. Um, I think the problem is I think they're going to win enough. Like, I think they're going to win those games that they're not supposed to. I think they'll beat Memphis. I think they'll beat Wichita. I think they'll beat Houston. But they're going to lose another stupid game or two or three. Yep. So, yep. and they've already lost three stupid games. I, I think they've maxed out on the stupid games that they can lose. And I just, I have no confidence that they can be consistent. Like, the problem is that there is a path. I mean, the path is what I just said. You beat Memphis, you beat Wichita, you beat Houston. Those are going to be three quad one wins. If you avoid the bad losses, you're in the tournament. But what have they done 
that inspires the confidence that that's even a remote possibility. They starting to show signs of really good brilliance on the offensive side. Sometimes I will say, and I, this is not an anti uh, John thing. Um, I do wonder sometimes with some of the, um, you know, <laughs> some of the guys we have out on the floor at the same time, um, you, there is no doubt um, that you'll look at, you know, trying to steal some minutes and go, we have our literally five worst players on the court right now, um, barring the walk-ons. Um, Which is saying something because we really didn't have like eight, eight maybe nine players. Right, but there are some times where you go, okay, hey, at least get somebody out there. When you've got uh, Mamadou, Chris McNeil, you've got Harvey. I mean, uh, this isn't – I mean, uh, Davenport. Th- there was at a time, I think, in the two-link game where all those guys were out there. And I'm like, what are they doing? What, what? You can't have somebody out there on the court to lead them. Um, and so – that is a major issue for me is, is the personnel on the floor. Um, yes. When you talk about our starting five, I love our starting five and I, you can even throw in six with, um, Cumberland number two. Um, so you, I love those guys. So you're telling me that when you're trying to steal minutes, you have to sit all five of them, you know, or what, or whatever it is, get one or two of them out, you know, rotate that, um, find a way to ha- make it happen. The other thing is, is just Jaron Cumberland. It's just not Jaron Cumberland anymore. That is gone and and it won't come back. I think that he has the potential to continue to make impacts on the game, but I will be shocked if we have a thirty or thirty-five point game from him. Like we just don't we don't have those like they we did last year. I know thirty, thirty-five is a lot, but you know what I mean? Like games where he just absolutely dominates. These teams, like I said, back in the when we played Tennessee and we talked about it, they are all they're trying to do is control him and say the rest of the team needs to beat them. And then if like a, a, a Keith Williams had a really bad game, if he's having a bad game, if Mike Adams Woods didn't have the greatest game um, against Tulane, when those two guys, um, you include Trey Scott, those are three guys that aren't playing as well as they should be. We are automatically behind the eight ball. Now the one force that's been, doing great is is vote obviously he's never really taken a step back i feel like every game he's taking two or three steps forward um and i can't wait to see what happens next year after we you know he's he has a whole nother year of development but i i don't i just don't like some of the personnel sets that we have going out having said that i don't think that's john's fault i just don't think he has the players that he wants to run a system I mean, for God's sakes, Chris McNeil looks like a scared puppy out there. I could put more impact on the game um, when I'm out on the floor right now, and I'm about probably 15 pounds overweight and have never and haven't ran an up and down a court in probably six months. And then Chris McNeil does. He does. I mean, I'm sorry, but he, he's got to learn to do something with the ball. He gets the ball. He doesn't know what the hell to do with it. He freaks out. <laughs> he's a five yeah. year. He's a fifth year senior. I know. It does. Chris McNeil is probably the epitome of what's wrong with this team. Because yes. that's what you asked me before. And yes. To me, it, you answered the question. It's the players. And it's just this team. I keep seeing the question come up on Twitter. Are we even sure that this team is talented? The team had – there are individually talented players on this team. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that they're a team. I think it's a really bad mix of players. And, again, that's not necessarily John's fault. He had, what, a month? to put together a recruiting class. I guess he decided that Chris McNeil was 
the best he could do at the point guard position. He had to get a veteran point guard, and I appreciate that he did. But unfortunately, Chris McNeil is just not working out. He's not a good player. Um, we got him Woods is great, but he, he's not, I mean, he only played 15 minutes and he got into foul trouble, but I mean, McNeil is not good. Javin is up and down. And then, I mean, Vote has been great. Did, I don't even know if Sorolo played against Tulane. I mean, he's been hurt. Um, Davenport plays like five minutes a game. I don't know why. Harvey doesn't even play. It's just, it's like a weird, it's just a very bad combination of players. It's like he has, Trey Scott was the perfect we, – we've talked about Keith Williams, where, like – and John Brennan said this. If he could craft the perfect player for his system, he would name him Keith Williams. Mm-hmm. If you could make the perfect player for McCronin's system, it would be Trayvon Scott. True. So now you're taking Trayvon Scott and putting him into this new system. And I know we're all sick and tired of talking about the system, but it really is a thing. Like – the new, what, what John Brandon and this coaching staff is trying to accomplish is so different from Mick. I mean, Mick focused on, you know, defense and toughness and these guys are not trying to run an up tempo and there's more ball movement. And if they're not a good team, then the ball movement is going to be an issue. And I, I think that's what it is. I just think it's mixing players into like a bad, it's just a bad mix of players in an inappropriate system at this point. Yeah, and um, and for all the knock again, for all the knocks against Mick, what Mick Cronin's strength was was maximizing the limited talent that he often had. Not the limited talent, but you know he maximized a player like Trayvon Scott or like Nasir Brooks or guys like that. He made the best of what he had. John Brandon right now is not succeeding in that scenario. He's not getting the best out of his players. They're also I, not his players. I was so. gonna say you gotta keep considering that. Okay, so with with John, I, I'm gonna give John huge benefit of the doubt here. He's coming in and saying, "All right, guys, this is the way I'm running the team. This is how it's gonna go as far as um, the offensive sets, the defensive sets, all of that stuff." And get on board. We know about the controversy with Jaron and all of that stuff. I think at this point, he's like, "Listen, guys, you know, he's probably thinking to himself." It's all about just teaching the, the the newer, younger guys the system for next year. Yeah. The guys who are – and I get – and now I'm not going to fault him for that. I'm never going to be like, wow, what a game. I'm not saying he's tanking this year or anything like that, but he's absolutely just going, listen, I'm not going to change. You know, there's that whole, well, you, well, play with who your players are. I think John did that for the first few games and realized, shit, it's not going to work. We gotta, we gotta mix it up. We gotta go back to what I know. I'm gonna start teaching these guys and look who immediately blossomed the second he did that. Micah Adams Woods. I mean, that was, that guy shot up like a cannon and that was the guy that John went and got. And look at these guys who kind of went downhill after that. Chris McNeil's, the, um, uh, you, you look at, uh, Jaron hasn't been doing that great, but look who's shot up. Chris votes. So it's the guys that John's brought in and he's stuck with that are really understanding the team and doing well. Um, and it's the, it's the other guy. I will say that one guy who's really turned around and I, 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 I keep saying this is Trey Scott. Trey Scott is finally adapting his game to that where, you know, he would chuck up a couple threes and I'm like, what are you doing? He's not shooting it all the time. He's finally like looking and seeing the floor and looking for that extra pass. If you look at so many of these plays, we are one, I keep saying this it's so close. We are one or two extra passes away or, 
the ability to not be scared and shoot the ball from from really moving the ball offensively. Just one or two extra passes, and the guys who are making those extra passes or taking the drives that need to is the McNeils or is the is the the Mike Adams Woods is the votes is all that. Um, so yeah, but on the defensive side, the two lane game that was atrocious. I don't care what players you got, you got defense. Uh, yeah, that was atrocious. A two lane. They can't hit the barn, Brian's, uh, whatever. They can't hit water. I fell on a boat and they were splashing everywhere. I'll tell you that. In the last four minutes, I, I think, what was it? Nine, I think we were outscored nine to two in the last four minutes. I mean, John just, needs to take a timeout at the four minute time and say, guys, calm down. Let's get through this. Let's hold hands. He, save all his timeouts for the last four minutes. Just keep taking timeout every minute and just reassure them. We got this because something's got to change. We are blowing it every last four minutes. And I like what you, and I like something that you just said because you know I'm kind of pushing the NCAA tournament out of my mind for a minute. It's like if we can do it, that would be awesome. But I'm watching all of these games and I'm looking for those little things, like you said. Yes, obviously, I wish maybe I wish he had adapted to like Jaron style in the beginning and we were playing a little bit differently. But he wanted to install his system, and I respect that, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And we got to stay the course because Keith, Voigt, they're going to be the leader, the leaders of this team next year. Mika, Davenport, Harvey. I mean, these guys are going to be here, and the system needs to be in place because these guys can't just keep playing like with new systems. So let them learn. Let them grow. And that's what I'm looking for in all of these games. Let's go get some upsets. Let's go get some wins, and let's make a run at this thing. But at the same time, let's also develop Keith into the senior leader that he can be. Let's develop Mika into our a four-year starting point guard. And I think, you know, the record isn't great and the team isn't great, but I think there's a lot of good that can come out of this season. And that's what I'm looking – that's really what I'm looking forward to at this point. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at – I'm hoping for all the upsets. I'm hoping to win every game, but I'm also trying to be reasonable and realistic here. And I think development is going to be a big part of this the rest of the season. That sucks. I know nobody wants to hear that, but... Well, what was everyone's... I'm sorry, but, I mean, let's just talk about it. What was everyone's expectations this year? I mean, you I'm honest... You and I both said the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament is the expectation, and what is everybody's, like, ultimate goal? What, to make it to the second weekend? Who cares? I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of everybody going, oh, we just got to make it to the second weekend. Dude... We have one of the top 15 basketball programs of all time. Our goal every year should be, hey, let's just try it. Let's, let's go to the final four. And I'd rather have a shitty year this year and have John put in his players, put in his implement, do whatever he's got to do, take a year off, figure it all out so that the next year our goal isn't just to make it to the second weekend. Our next year is like, no, we're going deep. Like I, I I'm so tired of this whole, like all I want to do is just win. Going the second weekend, like I'm so tired of that. I hope you're clapping. I'm trying to clap. I don't know how it's coming across, but I'm trying to <laughs> it's, clap. That's... It's just it's it's so frustrating. It's it just really is. You know, when you get a new NFL coach, you're not going well. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. No, you got to take a year or two to figure it out. That's what Sean's doing. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. That's all it is. Look, at some point this tournament streak was going to end, and yeah, I think you know, obviously two years ago, I think they legitimately had final four expectations. And sure, a hundred percent. Yes. Last year, I just, I genuinely thought the team wasn't that good last year. So to me, making the turn, I thought we would still beat, I was, I mean, I had expectations to beat Iowa, but to me, making the tournament was awesome. I was super pumped about last year's team. And there's been other teams 
during this run also where I've just been super pumped that we made it because I didn't think we were good enough. Sure, we're going to take a step. I think this year it's all about take a step back and take two steps forward. And yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. Build a team that's capable of going to the Final Four, not just capable of getting to March. And I think that's what we've done the last few years is build a team that was just simply capable. I mean, there's no way anybody thought that last year's team was capable of doing anything beyond beating Iowa. No, and this year's team's not either. No. No. Would you rather, would you rather John take this year's team, change the way that he coaches just so we can make the tournament or not make the tournament this year and go farther next year? I mean, come on, folks. Well, I'll say this. I wouldn't be opposed to him conforming his style to make the tournament this year just so that, because my fear was always he comes in, you miss the tournament year one, and now you lose fans. And it seems like that's happening. I I wanted to keep the momentum going this year to give him like a one-year grace period and miss the tournament next year and then move on. So I think that's the disappointing thing. I think it's like wasting a year of Jaron Cumberland, and I think you're you're turning all these, like, all the Mick people are coming back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. At some point, you're going to miss the tournament. Let's just do it now, and let's build a Final Four team in the future. And let's just keep the course this year. Also, the other thing, I don't think this team is capable. But what if they can put some wins together? What if they can build, like, a strong finish? They, they do play Wichita and Houston in two of the four last games. I mean, what if they piece together enough momentum that they can come together in March and win the conference tournament? We've done it the last two years. With Scott oh, no, I think Keith. they can. So, to me, that's kind of where my focus is. Like, let's just, whatever. Yes. Let's lose a couple yeah. more games. Let's build the best team we can. Let's build for the future. But let's go win the conference tournament. Let's do it that way. I don't know. That's, they have that's the a possibility talent. to me. They have the talent to do that. And that's that I'm not... I'm not even, I don't care about like winning. Like that's the thing is like, I'm not really worried right now about whether we make the tournament. I'm worried about Tulsa and I'm worried about, all right, are we going to be able to, 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 to learn and adapt and grow game by game by game? That's what I'm worried about. Um, if you're sitting around going, Oh my God, we got to win this game and that game, this game, you're missing the point folks, because what it matters is, is how good you are at the end of the year going into March and then your conference tournaments. I mean, just look at the, the, the whole landscape right now in the NCAA. Everybody's beating everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I know right now, Ohio State and Maryland are playing. I don't even know what that score Ohio was. Ohio State just lost. This is a weird. Just lost. See, that's what I'm telling you. Everyone's beating everybody. North Carolina is terrible this North year. North Carolina's terrible. How about this one? The, the whole ACC is weird. Boston College just beat Virginia. <laughs> See? It's it just a weird year. And one more on this being a weird year. First of all, Penn State is ranked. That's the first thing. <laughs> Second thing is they just lost to Rutgers. Yeah, so Rutgers is, is good. <laughs> but, the, but, again, but you just you just proved your point. You just validated it with that statement. It's a weird year. I think Houston, Wichita, and Memphis are all very good teams. I also think they're very beatable. And I think if at the at the end of the day, you can get killer Jaron in March. He's been yeah. there before. He knows how to do it. Maybe he can come back and just win three straight, four straight games for us in March. I don't know. But, yeah. You I never mean, know. Of course, it's, 
it's been disappointing, but I still think there's a lot to be excited about and a lot to look forward to with this team and with this season. Yeah. Uh, look about this. You know, we, UConn beats Florida, goes into double overtime against Xavier, and then UC blows them out. So that just gives you an idea of how this, this whole season is just, is just turned upside down. I can't wait for March, whether UC's in it or not, because I think it's going to be a great March. And you know what? Maybe it might be nice to take a year off and just enjoy the tournament. Um, and not have to worry about well, like getting them set. Well, so no, so this is what I said in the beginning and my wife made this comment the other day, like, cause when we lost the two inch, she's like, wow, they suck. They're not going to make the tournament all there. And I just looked at them like, no, they're not. Like this sucks. Like March is going to be terrible. And she's like, is it though? No. And she reminded me, it's like, you know, the last couple of years, you've been really, really depressed and like, really bad to be around and it's like you know what you're right like maybe i can actually watch games and like actually appreciate and enjoy basketball this year i don't want this i'd rather watch cincinnati but hey you know maybe it'll be nice to not punch a wall for once in march i don't know yeah and i'll tell you (laughs) this and you made a comment and and this is to everybody who's listening out there. And our listeners are growing. Where our audience is growing. The the site down the drive is growing. I I have some intel that we have, you know, a a, a very uh, a well known person that we've been talking about actually reading some of your articles. And and folks, strap on board. Down the drive's growing. But I'm telling you this to everybody. Listen to this. No matter what we do. don't leave or don't these fans aren't going anywhere i I gotta say i was so proud after the cold we had lost to xavier we had lost to colgate and yeah tennessee um is a ranked opponent and you're like oh that's kind of exciting that they're coming in town or whatever those fans showed up and they were pumped and they were excited and i have season tickets and every single game fifth third is filled to the brim the, I, I got to tell you, I love Bearcats fans. They really are, and I live in Cincinnati. You see them everywhere. We have to deal with the muck of what's called Kentucky and Ohio State fans, and we do a damn good job at it. So just uh, I'm going to give everybody uh, my own round of applause for the fans and dealing with what we have to deal with with Xavier and, and Kentucky and Ohio State and still showing up. And just, again, let's just get behind this team. It's it's a long season. we still got a lot of basketball to play. we still got a lot of really good teams, exciting teams, the the Houston, the Memphis, um, you know, Wichita State. Aren't they ranked now or they they were um, uh, yeah, Wichita State, I think it was 21. Memphis was Didn't they nine. just I, lose I, too? I had no idea that Memphis was not. Oh no, yeah, they're, they're playing Memphis. That's right. Wichita State's playing Memphis. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool games that are happening and you never know what happens in March. There's a reason they call it March Madness because it's crazy. So we'll see. We will. Any final thoughts on basketball, on football? On hey volleyball baseball since you wanna you wanna learn about those <laughs> no uh no no final thoughts for me um uh, we'll see how it goes um well I guess I'll ask you because I, I think we probably won't record until after next Monday so let's just talk about college football um who wins national championship I think LSU yeah I do too I think LSU will win I think it'll be a great game I'm really really looking forward to watching it especially because Ohio State's not in it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think these, these are just two outstanding teams. I just, I'm really, really excited to watch a football game where I have zero emotional investment and I can just sit back and relax. I do think Joe Burrow made a mistake 
I tweeted this during the Sugar Bowl, and for some reason people took me, or whatever bowl they were playing in the Peach Bowl, I think a few people took me seriously. I don't know why, but I, I said Joe Burrow made a mistake choosing LSU over Cincinnati. Um, no, I mean, I, I love, I love Joe Burrow. He is so much fun to watch. I think, I, I think they're going to get the better of them. It'll be a close game now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think LSU will, will win as well. Um, I'm very torn. I'm not torn between the, between the game, uh, as far as who's going to win, but I have no shame in admitting I'm a part of Bachelor Nation. I love watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette with my wife. It's on the same time, and I, you know, Hannah. For those 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 few fans who do know what's going on in The Bachelor, is <laughs> Hannah going to stay? Is Hannah going to leave? We don't know. But I got to watch the championship game. I got to watch to see what Hannah does. It's going to be a wild Monday night, folks. So that's what I leave it as: is enjoy Monday, enjoy the championship, and uh, let's uh, let's get a win tomorrow night against Tulane, and then um, I think or Tulsa, and we have, we already lost to Tulane. Um, and then I don't remember who we play. We play UCF on UCF. Saturday. UCF. On the road. Yeah. I think that's on yeah. ESPN or ESPN2. And then Memphis. So I think, I mean, look, we're not getting blown out by these shitty teams. We're just, we're just losing to them. So I think Memphis will be an interesting test. And so will UCF. Well, mm-hmm. I guess UCF's not Just because it's good. away. Just because it's away. UCF's not as good this year, but playing at Memphis next week, that's going to be a real test because let's just see if we can hang around. Let's see. You know, if we could stick with it, um, we also still haven't won a road game yet this year. So I didn't realize that. That's a tough well, stat. So we're two and five in away from Cincinnati because we won two in Paradise Jam, but zero oh and three in true road games, losing to Xavier, Ohio State, and now Tulane. So UCF is a big deal because at some point you're going to have to win a true road game this year. Yeah, so we're just going to finish fourteen and fourteen. I don't know. Yeah. Be positive, Bearcat fans. There's a lot of good basketball in our future. And it might not be in the next two months um, or three months, um, but it's going to be in the next year or two, and it's going to be exciting. I've heard that the one of the Mason twins, I don't know who it is, but I heard that this kid is unbelievable. The Madsons um, are unbelievable. Mike Saunders has the best handles in the country, and Terry Eason is the real deal. I Terry Eason plays – at the same high school that has produced Isaiah Stewart, who's at Washington. He's one of the best freshmen in the country this year. Yeah. Also, Easton was coached by Brandon Roy, one of my all-time favorite NBA players. So yeah. I'm super stoked about that. Easton's going to be a stud. That's why I'm so excited for the future. And this year is just kind of, let's just roll the dice. Let's see what happens. But we have a great team in the future and a great football team also. And, you know, we also have a great baseball and volleyball and women's basketball and a soccer program that exists too. So lots to be excited about for Bearcats fans. It's going to be a great 2020 year. Uh, stay tuned to Down the Drive and keep listening to us. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Thank you and go Bearcats.